You're watching No Go Zone with Henry. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Great to see you all again. Hope you're having a wonderful Woden's Day this uh, 23rd of August 2023. Thank you so much for tuning in. In case you're new, check out redice.tv and of course redicemembers.com. Just got up a Western Warrior. Uh, was it yes, yes, yesterday? Putting up a little bit of preview later uh, today as well. So check that out. We did cover the fire thing uh, uh, quite a bit. There's you know, it's. I, I said that there's a lot of natural fires each year, but there's something that definitely seems uh, a little bit more intense uh, this year. Let me put it that way. And of course, some have been, uh, you know, uh, out in the open now by at least those who have officially investigated some of these fires. For example, like the one in uh, Tenerife, uh, Spain, one of the pop- popular tourist destinations, right? One of the islands uh, that Spain still controls. Uh, and uh, it was like 12,000 people had to be evacuated or whatever, but uh, that was uh, intentionally set or started rather. Uh, So there is arson that's happening. And, uh, you know, but then you get the other side, which is always like every single one has to be have been started by a laser, you know, kind of thing. And of course, it's not always that (laughs) simple either. As usual, the truth probably lies somewhere in between. Uh, And I want to show you a couple of more before we kind of get into the meat here of today. We, of course, have the big news with the Wagner's Progozin, right? The uh, Jewish Jewish head of the Wagner Group, which has been so uh, successful in the war, is mercenary private mercenary company uh, who's been operating in Africa, many other countries as well. Uh, who was uh, allegedly, supposedly one of the seven passengers that died together with three uh, crew members uh, on the plane crash today in Russia. So we'll cover that. Uh, and I want to cover a little bit with the, the Oliver Anthony thing as well and kind of tie in a little bit of a diversity thing there. I'm not sure you saw the clip yet, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get to it a little bit later. Uh, but speaking about weird uh, weather patterns and stuff, I, I have to show you this. We put it on our Telegram, but uh, there has been some uh, very interesting uh, weather, shall we say. Uh, kind of odd weather, right, uh, where you shouldn't have as much rain. You get a lot of rain where you should where you should have rain. You've not had a lot of rain this year. So who knows of uh, if there's anybody out there pushing any of these buttons for some of the facilities that allegedly exists out there. Who knows? Uh, but uh, check out this here. the uh, One of the clock towers in uh, Mecca, Saudi Arabia, was actually uh, struck perfectly by lightning uh, a little bit. Uh, I think this is from yesterday or maybe it's from today. I forget exactly what the date on this is. Uh, but... Uh, Fascinating storm over Mecca. Here's uh, one that's showing you a little bit more of how uh, how intense that actually got. Check this out. Well, that's uh, if uh, that's what Thor wants to do with this <laughs> thunderstorms. Who am I to object? Trying to write the uh, the sky god uh, strikes again, folks. Uh, cleaning out some of the trash out there by the by the Kaaba stone. Is that what it is? Uh, in Mecca, isn't that what they uh, have? They have a meteorite in uh, one of those there. Uh, but I'm not sure how common this is. Is this highly uncommon, or is it somewhat? Uh, it, it feels a little uncommon, but uh, I could be wrong. Uh, of course, we have that weird, uh, you know, hurricane landing on the west coast of the U.S., Mexico, and and into California. We even got rains from that up this way, uh, from that thing, which was needed because we had so many wildfires. We covered that in the Western Warrior Show in the beginning uh, that it was uh, totally smoked out here the last couple of days. Uh, Turkey has had some uh, wildfires as well. 
Uh, let me see if we can find that. Check this out. Here, uh, looks uh, looks pretty bad for them. Pretty dark skies ahead. And then we have uh, Greece. So that's Turkey. Let's switch over to Greece. Check this out here. There we go. Save the doggo. I mean, we have fires in what? Like, everywhere, essentially, it feels like. I mean, it, it isn't everywhere, but, you know, a lot of countries this year had it. Now, there's some that do get it each year that haven't had it as severe perhaps but i mean we showed some footage from canada really bad uh with the wildfires in canada right so no i don't think this is all uh, malazers but i think it's uh, a lot of this uh could be could very well be uh people that are dedicated enough to tell you about how severe global boiling is so they actually go out and uh they light a little bit of a match uh just to prove to you that uh, we're in a dire we're in a dire situation right uh, here's another one here. Now, apparently, some of these fires are approaching Athens as well. Feels a little bit too coincidental, right? With all these, I know some of them have them. You know, the lightning strikes. You could have, uh, you obviously human activity, a campfire. Somebody doesn't understand that they, you know, you got to put it out the right way, etc. Could be arsonists. Uh, it could even be a uh, bottle of, uh, if you still have it in your country, a glass, you know, soda pop that you've drunk or whatever, and then uh, it uh, shatters, right? And and you get a, a lens of the bottom, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> basically just refracting the light from the sun in the wrong way and yes you could actually have stuff like that um causing causing fires right worse fires uh, is that what all these are i'm not sure it, it's very hard to tell at this point but it's highly highly suspicious here's some of the uh damage from some of the fires in greece here as well some people said uh they had everything destroyed uh, just like they did in have done in canada hawaii obviously famously uh, there was uh, fires in washington state close to where we are uh, it's been all over this here. Turkey. All right. Anyway, you get the point there, right? Now, a curious thing happened with uh, Time Magazine. They always have a interesting cover. So, so the uh, Fermi's Toll shared this on its, on its Telegram. Uh, and uh, 
again, to to, pr- to prove to you symbolically here of uh, <clears throat> what a bad spot we're in, uh, they, of course, had to show that uh, someone is, is holding torches, uh, kind of mat- large matches, if you will, uh, lighting each continent on fire uh, with the uh, title for this, Climate is Everything. Not sure what the uh, plan with that is, but uh, <clears throat> there you go. Yeah, so it was a so it was some secret symbolic message, isn't that what the, what goes on with this? <laughs> with these Time magazine covers, what do you have? The The Economist, Time. There's a couple of those that kind of always do highly, uh, well, some people would say predictive, but uh, highly <clears throat> suggestive, so we say, uh, covers. Uh, either predictive in in the sense that they they put something on there, which later turns out to happen, um, or highly charged politically, symbolically at least. All right. Anyway, um, I wanted to cover too. Make make of that what you will. I mean, I'm, I'm not sh- I'm not quite sure what to make of it yet. But it, it just I cannot it, I cannot escape that sense of it. You know, I mean, um, that they have to jump on the climate change issue and we, they have to scare people further. And I wouldn't be. I'm not saying everything is centrally organized. It, it could just be enough that the bat signal has gone off. And you have all the right crazy lunatic individuals, the, the types, you know, that would glue themselves onto, you know, famous paintings or onto, uh, uh, you know, roads or, or uh, uh, you know, tarmacs where, where airplanes land and, and take off. Uh, we've seen that. They would go out, who knows, with a, with a you know, b- a box of matches. That's all it takes. You don't have to have high precision lasers to start these things. Are they experimenting with it? I'm sure. I'm sure they are. I, I don't put that past them, right? You have that probability too, of course, but you don't have to do it that way. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's much cheaper to uh, to buy a, per, uh, a box of matches, uh, and that could uh, definitely be it. So I'm not sure if time is telling us uh, something here with a little bit more of the story here or, or what's going on, but uh, uh, be that as it may, uh, I do want to show you uh, India now here has apparently, has apparently landed uh, on the moon. Now, we covered this a while ago with uh, India's space mission, uh, Chandrayaan or whatever it was, uh, 3. And so today we were treated to a highly uh, suspicious uh, kind of a cartoon, really, of, of something landing on, on, uh, <clears throat> on the moon. Now, let's take a look at footage first, and then we could kind of try to sort this out what it is that we're, we're looking at here. Uh, but uh, here's the uh, one of the reports from RT. Check this out. It's one small lander on the moon, but for India, it represents one giant leap for its attempts at space exploration. The country's made history by becoming only the fourth to touch down on the moon and the very first to do so on the south pole of the lunar surface. Prime Minister Narendra Modi declared this successful mission belongs to all of humanity. Ah, well, the spacecraft had blasted off from southern India last Here we go. Month. Now it's successfully touched down. It can begin exploration of an area where no other spacecraft has been before. That part of the moon's permanently in shadow and could hold important reserves of frozen water and precious elements. The successful Indian mission comes just days after Russia's attempt to be the first country to reach the South Pole ended in disappointment when its module slammed into the lunar surface. What are we? Uh, what are we looking at? That first of all, uh, let, me, let me also note here <clears throat> that is uh, one highly uh, diverse space to crew reach there. The South Pole ended in- anyway, can you see that there? Unlike, of course, what NASA has to be these uh, these times. Anyway, I think even e- uh, ESA, ESA, right? Uh, ESA, the European Space Agency, uh, has pressures of so-called <clears throat> diversity. 
when it comes to these kinds of things as well. But uh, here in this regard, no problem. Uh, you do not need any kind of diversity here. But can we just can we just stop for a moment here to, uh, and look at what 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 cartoon is this? What kind of what kind of what kind of shit is this here? Here's another video here. <clears throat> now I can't read uh, Hindi here, right? But so are, are you telling me this is a because obviously they don't film this from the outside right so this must be this is a, a graphical <laughs> representation right of of the thing it's it's not the thing it's not w what it is that supposedly allegedly landed on the moon obviously because look at how bad that looks couldn't they get some uh, like some russians from their BRICS buddies or something come in and just do this in the right way. Even the boosters and stuff. It's just I don't know. It just looks so bad. But you see how this you see how this works. All of this is just like a media event. Now, what's to prove that they're actually going there? I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying we've never been to the moon. I mean, I don't know. But <laughs> but what the fuck is it? I'm surprised that none of the uh, television media pundits that covered this mentioned this like here here is obviously like a graphical representation here, here's cnn absolutely the moment that soft landing happened poppy you should have seen these people behind me now they're leaving this temporary pavilion that was set up but they were clapping they were cheering there were chants they were cheering the prime minister on after that while he was addressing the nation the indian prime minister narendra modi is at the BRICS summit in south africa currently but he tuned in virtually to watch that moment and what a moment it was you could see the emotional scenes inside the mission control center and if you just go four years back approximately those very hearts were broken not only inside the mission control room but across india millions of hearts broke when the chandrayaan 2 failed to make that soft landing on the moon but well that's the past now look at what's happened today india's not only now that's supposed to be uh, that's the re uh, camera signal then from is that what was is that what's going on I would assume like so. You pointed out, Victor, the fourth country in the world to make the soft landing on the moon. It's also the first country in the world to make the soft landing in the South Pole region. A big accomplishment for India. Just the first in many in terms of its space ambitions. It wants to send uh, a mission to space very soon, a manned mission. It also wants a place in the International Space uh, Center there. International Space Center. There, uh, all right. Well, the Hindus are uh, the Hindus are moving in. Uh, it, it's fascinating because the president here, Modi, right? It's a lot of uh, a lot of patriotism here from India. Uh, he said that this this really belonged to all of humanity. Listen to this here. This success belongs to all of humanity, and it will help moon missions by other countries in the future. I'm confident that all countries in the world, including those from the global south, are capable of achieving such feats. We can all aspire for the moon and beyond. Uh, I I don't need it to be for all. I we you know I, maybe you can just take back some of your migrants. Can we can we can we start there? Maybe that we that would be a good start. We a little bit less fewer of your people in in our countries, um, you know, such as the UK. Let's start there. 
And then we and then maybe we can go back to exploring space ourselves again. You see how this works? How like many of these countries are like sending their worst to some of our countries, and then they're like, "Oh, great! You know, ah, oh, get rid of that. That was that's that feels better. Now we can start our space exploration and space missions while the West is declining. Uh, I don't need it to be uh, the, to belonging to the entire world, uh, but uh, I, w- I wonder if they shared any uh, data with them there. But I, in it, I, I don't know what to make of it. All we got is cartoons so far. We'll see if uh, they actually provide some, you know, footage of of this more than what's on the lander there. But uh, it's always curious with these kinds of things. I, I do, I do not mind questioning any of this stuff. I don't rule anything. I don't rule anything out that uh, <laughs> it's just like not actually real. It's just a media event essentially. Everything is possible. Uh, now, is that the case? Um, maybe not. Have we been to the moon? Uh, Yes, but that doesn't that doesn't exclude that there seems to be a lot of fishy things with some of the stuff that we supposedly uh, have uh, were broadcast to us and uh, what was it the the phone call and you know the the camera outside of the 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 moon shuttle I mean I'm talking about like the Apollo mission now back in the 60s right uh, and then you had um, what was the other one it was the uh, yeah the the moon vehicle right how you know how that fits into the actual uh, probe that they sent down and you know someone did measurements on it so it's a lot of questions right and uh, and we should be allowed to ask those questions opposed to just being called well that's a conspiracy I, I look I think I truly think it's in um, in the spirit of, of uh, Western kind and, and European explorers to be able to achieve to go to the moon beyond is another thing when it comes to like the Van Allen belt and these kinds of things that's you know that's still questionable in a sense at least for sending you know humans I think we can do it, but I also think a lot of the things that we have been shown have been highly manipulated, you know, manipulated and uh, exaggerated, perhaps. You know, this was a Cold War kind of thing. Uh, but so who knows? Maybe India, maybe India is joining that geopolitical battle. Again, as I said, they're one of the BRICS countries now. They're pushing that hard as, as, as ever. In fact, Moda is in South Africa right now for the, I think this is the second day of the BRICS conference down there. I didn't have time to look at any of the speeches yet, but she uh, spoke and Putin and all that stuff. So I'm sure they'll just like talk about how racist and colonialist the West is. It's just, it's just such a, oh, yawn, you know, kind of like a moment with like, okay, now, now you're going to get something kind of truly against, you know, like the global homo West, right? You're going to get the, the evil, the evil axis, which, uh, you know, the Atlanticists, uh, who are, who's of course you know replacing their own population and uh, <laughs> forcefully vaccinate the majority of us? Now you're going to get a true a true option to that, and then you find out oh okay oh they're going to push the same cultural Marxist bullshit narratives uh, on on the rest of us as well uh, as the same as the Western elites have done or the establishment at least. Uh, so it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of sad to be honest. Much of that is uh, highly managed. All right. Anyway, guys, if you want to join us uh, for a super chat, support the show, entropystream.live slash TV. I think that's up and running. Entropy has had a little ups and downs uh, recently, but you can always use Odyssey or Subscribestar. That's odyssey.com forward slash at TV. You can use Rumble Rants as well. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that throughout the program. Uh, I think I saw Lord Aragon sending my renewal check, sir. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. I hope you're doing good, Lord Aragon. Always good to see you. Uh, always uh, glad you guys, some of our... Uh, Uh, Good old uh, trusted uh, viewers and supporters dropping by. Appreciate you guys. All right, so that's the moon mission there. Now, got to get to uh, some of the important stuff here as well when it comes to uh, Prigozhin, right? Uh, The uh, head of the Wagner group. Now, he's a Jewish guy, which never, rarely is mentioned, by the way. 
far as I know, when it comes to that. Of course, they've been very successful, Wagner. Um, they've been very instrumental in uh, securing certain battle victories in uh, the Eastern, Eastern uh, Front, well, Western for Russia, but Eastern Front of Ukraine. And then, of course, you had that curious thing with the supposed uh, coup, and you had the supposed, uh, you know, t- takeover, and they were heading to Moscow and all that stuff, and it's still, like, very, very murky, period. <laughs> Just like, wait a minute. What's going on with this? Is this is this truly a takeover? Some people have said no. This was just Prigozhin trying to go to to actually get to Putin and like actually have a one-on-one conversation with the guy. Who knows how the information flows in these things? I would assume it's fairly convoluted and um, passes through a lot of different uh, um, you know p- people before it gets to 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 others and so forth. But anyway, be that as it may, one thing that came out of that was, of course, that well, this is not going to go down very well. Uh, maybe some of the people involved in this is going to be kind of taken out of circulation. And so today, so today uh, we had a uh, one of the two airplanes that Prigozhin owns uh, falling out of the sky over the, uh, what was it again? The t- um, I forget what the region was called. We'll get to it here. Uh, here's Zero Hedge on this. We'll, we'll show some of the footage in a little bit too. Uh, Wagner decries murder of Prigozhin amid reports anti-air missile struck plane. So at this point, it's looking like the entire top command of the Russian mercenary outfit, the Wagner Group, private military company, was aboard the private plane that was downed northwest of Moscow hours ago. Wagner itself is confirming Yegevni Progozhin's death with Wagner-affiliated telegram channel Grey Zone calling it a murder. The murder-slash-assassination of Prigozhin will have catastrophic consequences. The people who gave the order do not understand the mood in the army or and morale at all. Let this be a lesson to all. You always have to go to the end, the Wagner Channel statement reads. The bodies of Prigozhin and his commander in uh, second-in-command, Dmitry Utkin, have reportedly been identified according to statements which have been quick to come out of Russia's media. Russian news agency TASS also made it official. Yegevni Progresin, Dmitry Yutkin were on board the crashed Embraer plane, the Federal Air Transport Agency uh, reported. So here's a, let's take a look at a couple of videos here of how this uh, first looked. Пиздец, это беспилотник. Сбили, бабахнуло в два раза, взорвалось, падает. Ты посмотри, падает. Куда упал? Он тут куски летят. Где-то, блядь, упал. Хуя дым пошел какой. А там он куски летят еще. Смотри, какой клуб. Now, I would love to have some video before that to, to see was it struck by something. Now, someone had said, there was a report shared that it, the plane had br- uh, had been breaking twice uh, as the contrails seemed to indicate this. 
but from another angle, you can't really see that in this particular angle, but in another one, you can actually see <clears throat> that it's on fire. I don't think it's even the next one we'll see. Uh, let me take a look at another angle here. <gasps> Yeah, there's one. There's one more. Oh, this is them getting out. Let's play the other one first then. Here we go. Uh, check out this one here. You can see, like, just on fire, which I couldn't really see on the other one, which might mean that this one was filmed from a little earlier. Oh, it's fairly close to the ground there, it looks like. Well, actually, that was quite a bit. No, that was fairly high up there still. See, that the other one might have been far away enough that you couldn't actually see the flames from it. This almost looks like it's a different type of footage if you, if you compare the two. Because I couldn't see it being on fire all the way down. Am I wrong on that? I almost have to, I almost have to take a look at the first one again. Could just be that they're far enough away, maybe. Hmm. Here's the first one. I just want to compare real quick. No flames on this one. Right? Are we getting two different ones? The sky, right? The clear sky? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's got to be. One is clear, one is not. Now, this seems to be the legit one. This might not be then, to be honest. Am I wrong on that? No. One is like cloudy. <laughs> it's cloudy, one is not. So you're getting bullshit uh, bullshit footage. This one, I think, is the real one. It's actually, it's actually cloudy. The one you actually see the plane on fire, I think it's a fake one. Um, so anyway, okay, we, we solved that right here. Because I, I saw it quick, right? No, this is a different one. So this one, <laughs> this one is a different one. Because I didn't see it on fire, and this looks like just perfectly almost clear uh, blue sky. So anyway... Uh, here's um, a little bit of the wreckage here. It's what you get when you, uh, you know, people put up shit and just say, "Oh, here, here's the plane. Here it is falling down." I got my clicks. I'm gonna get my bag from X. So you know, plenty of engagement. That's all that matters these days. Now oh, there's one. Okay. Now we have one. I was choking up a little bit. We have one from the ground as well, uh, and I had to blur out one of the uh, bodies that uh, comes into shot here, so it's uh, it's fine. Alright, there you go. That's the uh, footage uh, that we have. So uh, all uh, 10 people on the plane, obviously, uh, declared dead by uh, uh, there's Russian investigators there now. Um, I think it's probably pretty straightforward. Uh, they probably took him out. There's some people that have speculated that there were 
bullet holes. I've seen some of those accusations in the wings. Uh, again, discard that one that was on fire. That's most likely just fake and, and, and gay shit because uh, it doesn't match the other footage that were coming out early on in the process. Uh, but anyway, let me read here. Uh, Russian authorities have said eight bodies have been recovered thus far. Uh, Financial Times has summarized the following details of emerging Wagner statements. A post by Greyzone, a Wagner-connected social media channel, claimed Russian anti-aircraft defenses had shot down the plane. It said that the residents heard two bursts of characteristic air defense fire before the crash. This is confirmed by inversion traces in the sky in one of the videos. Okay, someone said that it was it was breaking, which I don't... Would that leave different marks in the contrails? Okay, anyway, regardless, I'm not an expert on that kind of stuff, but uh, most... I mean, most likely it was shot down the way it just tumbled out of the sky like that, to be honest. MASH, a news outlet on social media app Telegram, said locals had heard two loud bangs uh, before the crash. I'm not sure if any of the uh, people in the videos we watched there said anything about that or not. The same report cited a Western official uh, to say it was an anti-aircraft missile that struck the private jet. A Western official had said that uh, had been told the plane had been brought down by Russian anti-aircraft missile system, but could not confirm whether Prigozhin was on board, adding Putin doesn't take prisoners. All right. Alicia Cairns, chair of the UK's Foreign Affairs Select Committee, has observed in the aftermath the speed at which the Russian government has confirmed Yevgeny Prigozhin's was on the plane that crashed on the flight from Moscow to St. Petersburg should tell us everything we need to know. President Biden, who's apparently already back on vacation, great, of course he is, uh, has been briefed this afternoon. What the hell is he going to do? Have an ice cream? And told reporters from Lake Tahoe that he's not surprised when asked about Prigozhin's reported death. I don't know for a fact what happened. But I'm not surprised, Biden said, according to Bloomberg. He then pointed the finger at the Russian president. Not much happens in Russia that Putin's not behind, Biden added. Suddenly, some of the mainstream is calling Prigozhin a dissident. A very strange choice of words, considering his complicated role in the Ukraine war. Max Blumenthal, let me see here. Yeah, this Russian dissident must have written a subversive novel satirizing the Kremlin or something. Yeah, remember that time when the terror alert? That was a funny, funny moment. In that whole saga, where is it? Here it is. Uh, when they were marching on Moscow, right? Wagner forces are coming to take Moscow and we're going to have a new president soon. Wagner freedom fighters were quoted as uh, saying. And then, of course, it was called off. And apparently some negotiation happened. And then it was back to Wag- Wagner terrorists again uh, have reached a ceasefire deal with uh, with Moscow. Now, the uh, it's always fun to, to watch the, you know, no you, no you Nazi, no you Nazi, no you the fascists, no you're the real fascist. Uh, that back and forth, because, uh, of course, uh, the Kremlin have, have been cringily kind of anti-fascist, like an Antifa uh, uh, cringe, uh, you know, outlet, essentially, when it comes to uh, talking about Ukraine. Uh, but apparently this uh, this guy here, who is uh, second in command there, Dmitry Utkin, who was on the plane, apparently had some uh, SS uh, tattoos uh, on him there. And th- I think that's all the West needed to kind of confirm that Russia overall were Nazi. Ignore the hammer, hammer and sickles on their tanks or on their troops or putting the victory banner with the hammer and sickle up in space and things like that. We've shown the footage over the years, right? Uh, but uh, expect, uh, I expect, you know, expect praising Headlines to come out of the West, such as uh, this one, such as this one. Yegevni Prigozhin, 
Beloved chef and international caterer dies at 62. <laughs> I'm not sure who did this one. Uh, pretty good. Uh, Alex Ephraim is told, said, Wagner boss, you gave me Progozin, dies in a plane crash. Pilot was for sure vaccinated. Uh, there we go. So that's uh, that's that. It's uh, yeah. I'm not sure what to make of it. I so people said this is not uh, very smart of the Russian command to do this, considering how much they relied on the Wagner Group. But that's how it goes. That's uh, that's what it uh, does. If you cross these people, some people are pulling out one clip with Putin, and he was like. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like, I can forgive a lot, but not everything. And then the interviewee um, or interviewer asks him, uh, what can't you forgive? And he said, betrayal. It's kind of implying like, oh, okay, he's going to take care of business of some of these people regarding that little coup, supposed coup. Some people said, again, there wasn't a coup. It was was not what it was about. But ironically, I mean, the Wagner Group, they shot down, was it a couple of helicopters, I think, something like that, right? Uh, And now as he was heading to Moscow from St. Petersburg after having been in Africa, uh, somewhere in Central Africa, apparently Prigozhin was, uh, prior to this. Uh, and we don't know, was it, uh, was it, oh, it was this tweet that had it. Let me see here. Uh, yeah, so this is one of his latest uh, kind of updates before this happened. English translation of Prigozhin's video in Africa. Now, we've talked about that, the BRICS countries, what's happening in Niger, Russia's involvement, all these enthusiastic West Africans that are like waving Russian flags and chanting Putin and stuff like that. And, of course, uh, in, in a conjunction with that, Russia's dri- have been driving this, at least publicly, outwardly, uh, you know, this kind of uh, the West are racists uh, and they're colonialists and, you know, France bad, UK bad, Germany bad kind of thing. Uh, and uh, and kind of joined the line, really, of much of the Western uh, establishment that are put very much pushing those same kind of uh, ideas on us. Uh, so it looks like the BRICS countries and them are not going to offer anything different. We're just going to get more of same, even if some people were actually hoping for the fact that we'd be getting something different, right? Uh, but anyway, he appeared armed in Africa in the footage. Impossible to tell where he is, but Niger, Burkina Faso, Mali, or the Central African Republic are not unlikely. If I had to guess, I'd say he's actually in Niger. He says Africans are freer. So it's funny how even them, right? Wagner are supposedly Nazis because of Utkin and his ta- SS tattoos and stuff like that. But much w- much of this was like kind of about, you know... Uh, kind of helping to erode the colonialist past of evil European countries and things like that. And even Wagner seemed to have, unless that's just a PR campaign, but that seems to be one of the lines they've been pushing here, right? He says Africans are freer and that he's looking to recruit. No doubt many people will heed his call. Wagner has massive popularity, especially in West Africa. People want to fight for the country, and these are likely good-paying jobs, better than many can find elsewhere. So men have multiple reasons to join Wagner in Africa. Uh, and fight. I even heard that they had brought African soldiers from Africa to actually fight in Ukraine. There was some footage coming out about uh, Wagner troops. I could maybe that was shot in Africa. I'm not sure, but it, it was just a bunch of Wagner troops that were on like a, a funeral of one of their uh, African soldiers that had died or something like that. Anyway, here's a subtitle clip here with the uh, Prigozhin. Работаем. Температура плюс 50. Все как мы любим. Чувака Вагнер проводит РПД. Делает Россию еще более великой на всех континентах, а Африку еще более свободной. Справедливость и счастье для африканских народов. Кошмарим ИГИЛ Аль-Каиду и других бандосов. Берем на работу настоящих богатырей 
и продолжаем выполнение задач, которые были поставлены и которые мы давали обещание, что справимся. Uh, so last one and last clips we got from the guy. So he was down there recruiting. They were expanding their missions in Africa. Uh, as Putin have said, they're going to feed the entire African, well, at least not maybe the entire continent, but they've uh, talked about how they're going to provide grain and stuff like that, right? I mean, it comes in the wake, of, of course, of, of Ukrainian grain being cut off. It was some State Department person in the U.S. recently talking about this too. Like, oh, we have to, you know, have to keep feeding Africa. Now Russia is the bad guy because they've been cutting it off or whatever because of Ukraine, the war in Ukraine, the Black Sea Export Agreement or something like that. I forget the title of it. Uh, but uh, then uh, Russia is uh, intending to pick up the slack. So they're going to take over for like what the West has been doing uh, for all the time. The EU is paying like 20 billion euros a year in aid to Africa. Uh, so I'm not, uh, you know... <laughs> Why should why, why should we also have to pay for these people? Like, can you sure help them out to like sort out so how they can feed themselves then or something? But why do we have to pick up the slack for this all the time? Why do we have to feed an entire continent? Like we have problems of our own. Anyway, so really the geopolitical front is is in uh, is in Africa currently uh, between these two factions. It's basically the G7 versus BRICS, and the front line of that now is not only in Ukraine. It's in uh, uh, it's in African countries as well, which is pretty uh, pretty crazy. To be honest, uh, and speaking of, of which, oh, it's one from uh, from Archie here. Uh, a former Russian official has claimed Wagner and the Russian state conspired to facilitate the military coup in Niger. There was talk of Wagner working in Africa. Now the precaution is gone. That Africa has lost soldiers for hire. Who the motive to get rid of Wagner's leader? Yeah, because it is curious. You're seeing all of a sudden. I'm wondering if it if it's grassroots in Africa. Um, I mean, yes, in a way, I wish European countries would just kind of pull out of that there or whatever. But then at the same time, I'm kind of argue that before that, like considering how much money we've paid in aid to some of these countries, um, what we're we supposed to get nothing for this, just for just for the for the lols, for the giggles. We're supposed to help all these people not getting any of the the resources out of this if they're not doing it sure we'll help you here you go here's some money uh build your infrastructure or whatever but uh, we're going to take some of your resources <laughs> seems that seems fair if you ask me to be honest you're not doing anything with it uh and that was kind of some of the line after a while right i mean that's you know france was were, were doing that not that the people of european countries sees any of this anyway but it's to keep you know the global global home economy going essentially uh, resources and you know, got to get your smartphones. We got to have your uh, rare earth minerals and stuff like that. But I, unless it's something more here, then because of the Africa frontline, unless there's something more than that, I would assume it's just a plain old vengeance. Like a, a Prigozhin is too much of a liability for Putin, and so I would see that they would to, to take him out would be. Uh, from their perspective, maybe not the best move, but it would ensure that they at least can continue. I don't think maybe they like a guy that have that much sway and popularity outside of you know the halls of the Kremlin, essentially, although he's tied to them. Uh, that That's number one. That's what I would assume is the most obvious reason. But if it's over Africa, that's very that's very interesting if that's the case, uh, to be honest. Because then I would, I would assume then it would actually be you know, Western sources, right? But then why would they just, they would be able to get that, 
deep into Russia and take him out. Why, you know, anyway, it's it's hard to tell. But yeah, it's an inter interesting point, uh, Archie. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the developments are following this. That's going to be the most interesting thing to see. Will anything change as a consequence of that? Either be that in Africa or uh, in Ukraine. Now, I think most of the soldiers had uh, at least for a while gone over to Belarus right after the supposed coup. And then they were being you know, deployed and, and put back in their regular positions again, as far as I know. Uh, but unless they can find a new person who head up the, the military company, I'm not sure what will happen, to be honest. But uh, it's going to be a big loss on Russia. That's what's so, that's what's so curious about it, right? People have continued pointing to this, that Russia has done some really dumb military moves. And they could have been a lot smarter on certain uh, issues. Uh, they've still done pretty good. And I mean, these offensives by Ukraine hasn't worked and a, a lot of... A lot of problems, right, uh, for them. And, they, and despite the fact of how much money and weapons we're sending, it doesn't seem to change much, right? Uh, so this is just literally, Ukraine is literally just now a black hole that is helping to gut the rest of the West on their, on their own military defenses, essentially. And, and money, too, by the way. As inflation goes up, as people in our countries can't afford to live, essentially, homelessness is going up. Billions. They're just putting, pouring billions into Ukraine. It's sickening, right? I mean, even Canada, right, with the wildfires, they had like they had done, haven't put anything towards building some of those water bombers that they would need to like deal with the wildfire season that they had this year. But uh, Trudeau recently gave them another eight billion, I believe, or something like that. Uh, it's insane. So anyway, we have the uh, usual suspects: the Uniparty, Richard Blumenthal, Elizabeth Warren, and Lindsey Graham, uh, that flew to Ukraine once again uh, to blow uh, Zelensky. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, just look at this here. Just look at the the, the pal backslapping here between uh, Zelensky and uh, oh, those are just uh, Lindsay. Oh, those are just my uh, my uh, what, what do you call them? <laughs> my ladybugs, Graham. Uh, how they pat each other on the back here. Wait. I'm Elizabeth Warren. It's nice to see you. Nice to see Very nice to see you. Do you know Lindsay Graham? Yes, we know each other. Well, let's slap on the back. My God, we got to go down and see the homosexual coke midget uh, in Ukraine. It's kind of funny, though, how what happened after that is that <clears throat> apparently air raid siren, sirens went off and uh, they would have to, <laughs> have to uh, retreat to the bunkers in, in Kiev during their delegation visit. <laughs> Oh, my God. U.S. Senate delegation to visit Kiev's ends up in bunker. It's a uh, <clears throat> parking garage, I believe it was. Yes. Uh, they hold a news conference in an underground parking garage after being rushed to safety during an air alert siren uh, in Kiev on Wednesday. Oh, my God. All right. Anyway, they were reporting on the Prigozhin death and stuff like that, too. Uh, some military bloggers blame the plane crash on a terrorist attack. Others encourage the readers to be patient and wait for more information. Well, even then, you can't know. Is this some gay op to take him out of official circulation to think he's dead? I mean, <laughs> this is the, the possibilities are endless. We'll have to see what happens. <laughs> but you never, you never know with any of this stuff, right? Uh, but I would, I would assume it's fairly straightforward. Is this guy's a liability. Look what he almost did. Let's take him out. You, you, that's kind of the most obvious one. Even if it hurts, 
even if it hurts Russia militarily, right? That's what's been so fascinating about this. Even one of the uh, one of the generals, I forget which what his name was again. Even one of the generals after all this has not been seen, I think, publicly after that point. Um, the bald guy, I forget what his name is. Unless he's the guy who talked about the uh, the COVID experiment, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, actually, here because it's it's one it's one of the redeeming qualities that you occasionally get out of a Russia and a China, uh, and and it's a lot of you know name calling and stuff, and, and it's kind of rich when Russia. We'll get to this next here with the uh, the the COVID stuff, right? The bioweapon stuff. It's kind of rich when China is like just just trying to blame the West when it's at least more or less clear that at least on the gene weapon front uh, they've doing they've been doing a lot of stuff including of course with uh, American uh, you know partners from uh, Dr. Barrick to um, uh, what's the other guy's name there Peter Hotez you know names like that that have been working on these some of these projects in 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 Wuhan and now they come out of some of these I like to hear it I like to hear the fact that they're they're trying to question these people and it's still not clear after years and years, you know, was this released? Was it just a big psyop? Was it nothing to it all? And this, these kinds of things just kind of help to lend credence to the fact that it's like, oh, this is, this, this will, you know, this makes it more real. You see what I'm saying? That it's like this geopolitical kind of ba- tug of war battle over, well, you know, you released it. No, you, you know, kind of thing. Who, who knows what's going on at this point? Uh, but anyway. Uh, Within the past three days, high-ranking officials from the Russian and Chinese governments publicly accused the U.S. of manufacturing biological crises for geopolitical geopolitical gain and world domination. Now, it's, you know, as they're pushing Eris and all that stuff again, this new variant, the COVID variant, uh, it's clear that the objective here is the vaccination program, right? It's clear that COVID on its own or SARS-CoV-2 on its own didn't do a job. If this was some kind of depopulation by weapon or whatever, it didn't do the job, right? Uh, it's the vax that have been doing that job and it's the profit from the vax that most likely is the motivation. Now it's uh, not at all impossible that you're talking about a Fort Detrick and a, uh, uh, you know, what is, what is it, the Chapel Hill in North Carolina, right? Where, where Dr. Barrick works and stuff like that have had a large role in meddling with these kinds of things, right? Gene gene weapons and things like this. No doubt about it at all. But China definitely has a hand in it as well through EcoHealth Alliance and all the stuff that Fauci was working on and stuff at, at, at Wuhan uh, with Peter Hotez and the development of this has been going for years now. Uh, but anyway, be that as it may, let's just check it out with what, the, what they're saying here. Subtitled uh, clips here. Let me go back here. Here we go. Okay.美国处于地缘政治目的经常编造所谓的威胁、阶级遏制打压别国、维护一级霸权私利，这种做法违背时代潮流，损害的是国际社会的共同利益。生完权是全球性问题，美方编造谎言挑动对抗，严重
。近年来，美方始终没有对国际社会的关切做出有意义的回应。例如，美国加加入禁止生物武器公约之后，是否仍在暗中发展生物战能力？ That's true. 美国搞生物防御的真实意图是什么？有没有利用其他国家开展不符合禁止生物武器公约和美国国内法的活动？从全球搜集的生物信息和样本用于什么用途？为什么美国独家反对建立生物武器核查机制？这些问题一天不解决，国际社会。就无法建立对美国尊约的信心，维护全球生物安全就无从谈起。中方支持国际社会继续审议美国的尊约问题，在此敦促美方切实履行国际义务。我也借此机会重申，中方将继续以全球安全倡议为指引，和国际社会一道。Yeah, China is known for their their good work on upholding standards and stuff like that. I mean, these are the guys that are like spraying roads uh, green. Or actually, the 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 dead foliage next to roads they spray green. They put. Did I show? Did I ever show that footage? They put small rocks on like um, steel, steel, not steel wire. What is it called again? Like um, iron bar, like bars of iron, a feet uh, up from the surface. I know it sounds bizarre. Like, what the hell are you talking about? But like you know, evenly spaced, like I don't know what ten centimeters apart or twenty maybe or something like that, and like you know, hundreds of them. And apparently, that's to fool、uh, like satellite data, so that it looks like it's cultivated land. And these are some of the things that the Chinese government supposedly have. Like, well, you got to make sure that everything is in good order or whatever. So when when they do either satellite scans of the of the area, or you have some kind of inspector going out to some of these areas next to the roads, right? Going, oh, it looks healthy, it's green, and all that stuff. I'll see if I can find that. It was incredible, right? It's the most just synthetic and and like simulacra driven country I've ever seen. So it's not that they have like room to talk here, to be honest. And again, just considering Wuhan and all these other things, right?、Um, so it's a little bit of a you know kind of a. You know, you know. Here's the BRICS countries just, you know, criticizing the U.S. kind of thing. However, having said that, the U.S. has a long history of of bio warfare, of experimenting even on its own population about these things. Right, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. have talked about this endless amounts of times,、uh, which is good that he's bringing those things to light. But they've dropped like light bulbs with bacteria in them in New York subways. They've、uh, sprayed entire towns. Uh, from navy vessels on the east coast, like these, the craziest shit, right? So they're right in questioning them, but then at the same time, obviously, you can't trust these guys either. So just having said that, 坚定维护生物安全国际法权威，促进全球生物安全治理，应对生物安全风险挑战。All right, so that's the first、uh, clip. So then you had、uh, again Russians come out here and talk about this.、Um, I actually have a better. Let me see if I can have a. There's a better clip here,、uh, more RT from、uh, from Antifa RT. Here we go. Check this out. Russia's Ministry of Defense has released a statement revealing the murky activities of the United States military. The ministry says that Washington's Office of Pandemic Preparedness and Response Policy searches for virus mutations to then use them to further its own interests. 
As in 2019, the United States began preparing for a new pandemic by searching for virus mutations. We do not exclude the use by the United States of these so-called defensive technologies for offensive purposes, as well as for the purpose of global management by creating crisis situations of a biological nature. According to the ministry, Washington has been amassing various pathogens from its direct involvement with various biolabs around the world, which they say are for research and preventative measures, but Russia's defense ministry is not buying that. And they point out that whenever the Pentagon, for example, is interested in any pathogens, be it COVID-19 or avian influenza or the African swine flu, they later somehow end up becoming pandemic. And who stands to benefit from this? As we've seen time and time again, it's American pharmaceutical companies. And they point out, their findings point out that, for example, that there is a possible collusion between Big Pharma and USAID via an intermediary company called EcoHealth Alliance. Now, they have been studying uh, the diversity of bat population since 2015, and they've also been looking at mechanisms how to transfer uh, coronavirus strains from bats uh, to humans. And we know that just two months before the world ever heard about COVID-19, there was an exercise conducted at the Johns Hopkins uh, University in New York, where in that exercise entailed scientists transferring uh, an unknown at the time strain of coronavirus from bats to humans via a pig. So, of course, all this uh, and the office that is now being opened leads them to question why this is happening. And, of course, they also point out that the U.S. government, for example, uh, in May this year said that there is no longer a public health emergency when it comes to COVID. Joe Biden himself well, last about to September change. said that the COVID pandemic is over. Yet this July, they are opening this office of pandemic preparedness and response policy, which is led by a yeah. man who is a military combat surgeon and retired Air Force Major General. Why? In addition to this, documents that have been uncovered coming back. Russia, special military operation in Ukraine point to the fact that there is a center called the U.S. Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases actually plays a crucial role in all this. And they're the ones who are collecting all these dangerous pathogens from around the world uh, in these biolabs, including one in Ukraine. The U.S. Army Medical Research Institute for Infectious Diseases has been involved in U.S. biological programs in Ukraine. Thus, representatives of the institute actively led projects codenamed UP1 and UP8. As part of these projects, the possibility of using anthropods to spread Rixetia, tick-borne encephalitis virus, as well as causative agents of Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever and auto-hunter viruses was studied. That's why Russia's defense ministry believes that Washington is preparing to establish biological control, sort of using defensive technologies for offensive purposes to create biological crisis conditions and situations. And also there's added concern about the people involved in all this. For example, Dr. Anthony Fauci, America's leading doctor, who was uh, the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. He has reportedly made a lot of money from this pandemic and he's also the one who was adamant uh, that when it comes to COVID-19, it came about naturally. We have bio labs in Ukraine because we're developing bioweapons. So they transferred the authority for uh, biosecurity to one agency in the, in the HHS uh, called the National Institute for Infectious and Allergic Diseases run by Anthony Fauci. 
So Anthony Fauci got all the responsibility for bioweapons development. He got at that time a 68% raise from the Pentagon. 300 scientists wrote President Obama and said, you've got to shut down Anthony Fauci because he's going to create a microbe that will, uh, that will cause a global pandemic. And so Obama signed a moratorium that shut down the 18 worst of Anthony Fauci's experiments. And, uh, and instead of obeying that law, Anthony Fauci shifted a lot of his operations offshore. And those operations ended up, most of them in the Wuhan lab, which is right. a military lab. Which, of course, then implies the Chinese too, right? As they, that's the point, right? I mean, I, I understand there's a political back and forth here. Uh, you know, the, the, these countries are at war. So, I mean, maybe not China yet, but um, give them time. They'll get there with the BRICS countries. Uh, NATO versus BRICS. I'm sure it's coming up. We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, China has a hand in this. And while they're blaming each other, nothing's being done. But they can kind of pose as the good guy both sides as they point fingers. Oh, the Chinese did this. Oh, the Americans did this. Oh, the Russians had a hand in this. Oh, it's a biolabs in Ukraine. Nothing's being done. We're still being played. You know, another pandemic is now being rolled out. Or not another one, but like reinvigorated again or re revived again. Mask mandates are going to come back. Vaccinations are going to be rolled out. And what are you going to see? You're going to see a lot of sick and death people as a consequence of that vax rollout. That's what happens. Um, and China, by the way, too, is also collecting biometric data. They are doing a lot of the third party sequencing for these big, uh, you know, D learn your DNA companies, Ancestry, 23andMe and things like that. And the only reason why it's so cheap is because the Chinese government is subsidizing the gene sequencing. Uh, and of course, in turn, they want that data. So yes, they can also develop and have been developing and working on bioweapons that are targeting people of European descent. The uh, Americans are doing the same thing. They're all they're all doing this. They're all preparing the same way, right? It, it's one of the reasons why they talked about the potential invasion of Ukraine uh, was that Russia had uh, knowledge of, of of these bio labs in Ukraine, where they were collecting Russian samples and things like that to develop, you know, gene-specific weaponry, bioweapons, gene bombs, as they call it. Who knows what the, what the truth is with that? But um, the point is, I think we can say with almost 100% guarantee, they're all working on shit like this. Uh, and it's just a matter of time before something intentionally or accidentally actually gets out that actually will start killing people, uh, barring, of course, the whole gay op vaccination campaign. And that the Chinese run the People's Liberation Army and uh, and then a lot of them went to the Ukraines. There will be those, of course, who will say that these are just all conspiracy theories or Russian propaganda, but we are talking about specific examples, specific organizations. And let's not forget that Washington has itself admitted that it does have biolabs, including in Ukraine. And again, let's not forget just how terrified they were at one point in case their research there falls into the wrong hands and how catastrophic that may be if it falls into Russian hands. So what that research there was all about perhaps this is what we're talking about all right and as Malone was covering the the depopulation uh, control uh, depopulation control uh, agenda and official USG policy it's a longer piece here I'm gonna go through this at some point but he uh, talks about the kissing a report and stuff like that it kind of ties it in he said um, he personally I've been reluctant to wander down the rabbit hole relating to various depopulation agenda theories involving COVID crisis. However, the odd concordance between a possible population reduction objective and the dysfunctional public health policies is obvious to all open-minded thinkers. These policies include that the biologically engineered SARS-CoV-2 virus, if there is such a thing, but, but again, 
the kicker here is that was introduced with the vaccine. So it is now here. That's that's my take on this anyway. If it wasn't here to begin with, they introduced it with the vax. That is the bioweapon. That is what this SARS-CoV-2, that's what is is causing people to have those issues. Barring, of course, just the the uh, you know, the liposomal nanoparticles in the vax, all the things that are leading to you know myocarditis, heart attacks, all these things. I don't mean to laugh at it, but it's just so absurd, right? Uh, all the problems, all the health issues that's come in the wake of that vax, outside of the fact that they've have have introduced um, this this mRNA into people's bodies now, which turns them into factories for this thing, whatever it is, this virus, <clears throat> the spiked protein, whatever it is. Um, the many public health policies, as well as the rushed gene therapy-based COVID vaccines and their wide range of associated but rigorously denied serious adverse events, not the least of which are sudden unexpected death and fertility issues. Uh, they're more consistent with the population control slash depopulation agenda as opposed to being effective public health interventions. Uh, so anyway, he goes into a deep dive in this article. It's a long piece here. Uh, we'll go through it at some point, but I'm not uh, n- no stranger to any of that, right? <clears throat> now, of course, it should it should be mentioned as well. Should be mentioned that the depopulation thing kind of swings that swings in a in just kind of one direction as well, to be honest. Because again, the majority of those that received the COVID vaccine was Western European countries, right? And it kind of makes sense if you look at how they're treating it with the, the we, can, we can tie this all together here, right? Climate change, depopulation, and immigration, right? It all kind of, it all kind of fits in a weird way. So this is really the one that summarizes it in a, in a sense. UK birth slump uh, dubbed good for planet as number of babies born hits 20 year low. Birth, birth rates rate in a slump in West will address overconsumption, former government advisor says. Britain's top demographics expert had said the falling number of babies born in Britain is a, quote, good thing after new data showed the number of births had hit a 20-year low. Professor Sarah Harper, CBE, what is that, the commander of the British Empire, there's an award writer, knighthood, I believe it is, right? founder and director of the Oxford Institute of Population Aging, aging, and a former government advisor, said falling birth rates in the West were good for our planet. Hmm. Her comments comes after official figures from the Office for National Statistics, the ONS, show that there were 605,479 live births in England and Wales last year, the lowest number since 2002. Still, a, it's still a high number considering like how small the islands are, how small the UK is. But be that as it may, the total was down 3.1 percent compared to 2021, and is part of a long-term decline in the number of births across Britain and the developed world. Professor Harper told the Telegraph, "I think it's a good thing that the high-income, high-consuming countries of the world are reducing the number of children that they're having." I'm quite positive about that. The academic said declining fertility in rich countries would help to address the general overconsumption that we have at the moment, which has a negative impact on the planet. Now, if they kept the borders closed in in conjunction with this, 
I would buy it. Yeah, I mean, I would buy it more. I still wouldn't like it necessarily. The fact that they're like, oh, you you need to be less, and it's like, well, the most some of the most environmentally conscientious people on the planet are in fact people of European heritage, right? But when they keep the borders open and flood our countries at the same time, they're talking about climate change, overconsumption, where too many people, you should stop having kids. And then at the same time, they're opening our borders, letting in just hundreds of thousands, millions of people a year into many of our countries. It's quite obvious that they want a decline of a certain type of uh, of a certain type of per, uh, people, not not just anybody, right? Want to slow climate change? Stop having babies, Bloomberg says. Only for a couple of years later, said only immigrants can reverse America's baby bust. And how many times have we seen? Uh, we've shown the the headlines from the Guardian. Uh, the, the front page of the papers. I didn't pull them in right now, but we've shown them so many times in past shows, right? Oh, have less with the child-free lifestyle and all that stuff. Have fewer ch- uh, children for the for the climate and and all those kinds of things, right? What do they show in each one of them? Let me let me see if I can let me see if I can find a couple of them. Well, they all of course show white people in the stock graphic that they used for these stories, right? Every time. Even Germany, we showed one of the, from them recently. Germany had a, uh, was it pe- a pest or acid or it was something like that. I could compl- oh, here it is. Uh, here it is. The uh, German one. Yeah, I found all of them. Let, let, let's show them. We got to, we got to nail this point here. Yeah, the poster reads future or climate killer, right? While she's feeding babies, right? Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, here's a couple of the other headlines. Let me let me show you a couple of these. Uh, the child-free life is a classic one too. Do we have that here? Uh, no, I don't think we do. But anyway, these will be enough, right? Here's the Guardian. Why we should have fewer children to save the planet while the borders remain open, right? Would you give up having children to save the planet? Meet the couples who have. There's another one. Want to fight climate change? Have fewer children. No diversity in any of these pictures, folks. With the environmental ethics of having, having kids, why millennials are skipping babies in order to save the planet. Yeah, but the borders are wide open. <laughs> what the fuck is this about? We know what this is about. But less of us, more of them, you know, scare whitey into thinking that uh, it's basically like we're going to be dying in a in a sea of global boiling if we don't uh, if we don't stop having children and consume as many things. You move into your tiny home, and then we'll just uh, all, all the other new houses that's left behind after white flight. We'll just pack them in with just endless amounts of migrants. How about that? That's going to do it. it. It's just so transparent and so disgusting. Um, what the agenda is. Now, if they had if they had the borders completely closed and said, "Look, we, we don't want more people in our countries. We're 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 approaching a dangerous point." I c- I could kind of see the reasoning more of it. Wouldn't necessarily like it, but it's like, okay, yeah. I, I mean, I can I can agree. It's like there there is no there is a finite there are finite resources. Have we reached them yet? No, probably not. But there's an awful lot of mouths out there to feed, and of course, again, we, we you know. Much of the West, with UN rice bags and milk powders being just you know feeding Africa, 
and, and just ballooning these populations, you know eventually there's going to be a crash as a consequence of that. And the suffering from that, the, the, the misery that's going to come in the wake of that it's just not worth it, right? It's better to address something like this now. And again, you could argue white people, people of European descent, had already take, kind of taken that responsibility, whether it was really you know, conscious of everybody or not, but like they had urbanized much of our environments. We, have, we had modernized our lifestyle. Yes, that's not always, oh, not always good, right? But you have a lot of people moving into cities. They're living in small cramped apartments. You're not gonna raise five, six kids in some of these places, right? And now they're trying to push out into pods and tiny homes. You think you're going to have four or five kids? <laughs> Forget about it, right? So we're being cramped, smaller and smaller. And of course, and this is you know why we're advocating to move out to the countryside where there's room, where there's not so goddamn expensive and have large families. You're going to stay in these environments forever? And I know there's a battle to take in some of these cities as well. And if, if only white people leave them behind, eventually all the reins of power may, may, might end up in the hands of those who... Well, we're already in the hands of those who hate us and want to kill us. But you know what I mean? Like even even more on the on the nose, you know, even more like direct South Africa type of situation for us, which I recognize it's not good either. But presumably, at least we can educate and have good people that we raise on the countryside that are willing to go into these, you know, population centers and, and at least fight and f for, for political influence and, and power, essentially. I mean, there's nothing wrong doing that in, in addition to regarding, you know, safeguarding our future existence. We, we, we can't live in these in these cramped environments. But anyway, get ahead of myself. Archie said again here, I've blown my white supremacy support budget this month. <laughs> Come on, audience, cover me. Uh, there you go. Yes, if you want a uh, super chat, you can do that at Live slash Red Ice TV. That should be open. I think it's up and running. I have some issues on and off. Yeah, see, it's... Let me, let me see if I can start that up again. Sometimes they do have issues, and maybe... It's not up and running. Give me a second here. Yeah, I got to start that again. That's curious. Okay. All right. Give me a second here, guys. Yeah, it goes down regularly. That's the problem with entropy sometimes. <clears throat> We're going to... Uh, might might try power chat, actually. Um, I'm not sure if it's a better, longer-lasting option in terms of, like, the, the not-as-money interruptions or whatnot. But anyway, you can do uh, Rumble or you can do Odyssey as well. Let me pull up Rumble here. Where's the chat? There it is. Right there. Okay. All right, guys. So let me, uh, well, I'm not going to really, well, we're going to switch a little bit here. I want to talk about Canada a little bit too. Uh, but first, I want to show you this, uh, this uh, little quickie here. Well, actually, we can get to that. Um, no, we'll get to that. We'll get to the defense. Let's do this one. Let's do this one. There we go. Now, we talk about the health crisis, right? And this is kind of interesting. was an interesting article in Euronews about why is it that Bill Gates funds so much of this, right? And, of course, the obvious question here is, Maybe it's not that good to just have a couple of individuals funding these massive organizations that everybody in every country looks to, to, uh, you know, get their facts when it comes to things like the pandemic or vaccinations or they, you know, you look to the UN or the World Health Organization that is a subset of the UN for like what information you need to ban or censor in your country or on your platform and things like that, right? 
you have one guy control most of it, it's it's probably not that great. And furthermore, when it's a Bill Gates who's a, a fucking dipshit lunatic, uh, maybe it's not maybe it's not the best. So this article is kind of like, well, why do we, you know, maybe it's not the, even the article is like, kind of what's what's going on with this, right? And finally, they've come, they've rolled around onto this issue. Critics complain about the major role the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation plays in funding the World Health Organization. But who else can the agency turn to? That's right. Who can they? And they're trying. It's, of course, it's not enough with the money they already receive from all the, the countries, right? The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which still stands strong despite its two co-founders splitting up after 27 years of marriage, said last month it was not right for the charity to take on such a big role in funding the World Health Organization. Of course it is, because they have a lot of sway over it. Do you think they're going to do anything that bites the hands that feed them? Of course not. Going to go crawling to Bill Gates. Sure, what do you want? What uh, what can we do for you, sir? He made how many how much money did he make on the vaccine rollout again by having patents and all that stuff? Right, it was billions, I think, hundreds of millions at least. Over the years, the billionaire philanthropist have become the World Health Organization's second biggest donor, making the health agency heavily depend on their support to keep funding. Global health experts say that while this money is welcome, it gives the Gates an outsized influence and underscores the chronic funding problem the World Health Organization faces, even as it contends with more and more health crises. The WHO has an annual budget less than the size of a single large teaching hospital in the United States and one quarter of the budget of the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Yet it has a huge global health responsibility, including uh, responding to major public health emergencies, such as because it's more, it's basically it's what it gives us more money, or that's what the article is about, right? It has a huge global health responsibility, including responding to major health outbreaks, such as COVID, monkeypox, Ebola, polio. The WHO's executive board is meeting this week in Geneva, seeking an even greater role in better prepared for the next pandemic. That's right, the next one is coming up here. Now, do they mean version two of, of the COVID bullshit or something else? Probably something else. But it's still lacking answers on how, how to fund it. The health agency gets funding from member states paying membership dues alongside additional voluntary donations from member states and other partners like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Member countries pay what they're called ab, uh, assessed contributions, a percentage of a country's GDP agreed upon every two years at the World Health Assembly. Usually these sums cover less than 20% of the WHO's total budget. That means that 80% of the WHO's funding relies on voluntary contributions, meaning any amount of given, a money given freely by donors, whether member states, NGOs, philanthropic rather organizations, or other private entities. These voluntary contributions are typically earmarked for specific projects or diseases meaning the WHO cannot freely decide how to use them. Currently, the WHO has full control over only about a quarter of its budget, say Gostin. You, you know they want to expand this too. He says here, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation alone is responsible for over 88% of the total amount do uh, donated by philanthropic foundations to the WHO. Other contributors include the Bloomberg Family Foundation. Well, that's encouraging too. Great, uh, a great family there, 3.5%. The Wellcome Trust, same thing then, same with them. Awful, um, they have their hands deep into the uh, genetic 
sequencing and bioweapons pie, by the way, the Welcome Trust. And, of course, the other boogeyman here, the usual suspects, the Rockefeller Foundation, 0.8%. But again, that's astronomically more by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. While the shape of the WHO's total budgets has changed over the years, the Gates Foundation has consistently remained among its top contributors. It was only briefly that Germany overtook the budget as the largest donor during the Trump era. Uh, funding cuts, but the foundation keeps its second place. Uh, other top donors include the UK and the European Commission. Anyway, uh, I think that's it. But that's a big uh, question, like how can so few voices control these big institutions, especially when so many people go to them? So there was this cringe clip. Let's play a little bit of this too. Um, to, uh, to debunk some of the things. I, I don't trust any of these organizations, specifically after what they did to us, right, uh, during the pandemic and how they, you know, controlled the narrative and censored or at least ensured that other organizations, social media platforms, countries even, uh, censored information about this, right? So now they want to backtrack, like, whoa, 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 slow down a little bit here. We're going to set the record straight here in this video uh, with the WHO legal officer, Stephen Solomon, who unpacks the pandemic accords. And of course, there's been a lot of questions about this. Um, but anyway, we could play. Let's play a little bit of this. Uh, and then, of course, they, they always do the. Let's, you know, they, they reference, what is it like? Uh, Russell Brand, I think, in the video. And uh, what are the other, other one? Redacted News, which is slightly better. There's still some issues there, but whatever, slightly better. But Russell Brand is like the, the complete just pied pie. I mean, he's. He's on all the, the platforms. He's not being banned or censored. And then he's like makes a video about how he, I, I'm being banned. I'm being censored and stuff. You, you know, it's like you couldn't look for a more astroturfed figure. He did this back in like 2010. He reared his head into this kind of field. And then basically was scared away from, you know, the majority of people attacking him for rightly calling him out as, as kind of insincere or whatever. But now they can have a Russell Brand as a perfect plant. To, and it doesn't mean that he occasionally gets things right or whatever, but it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's always cringe when some of these Hollywood actors, you know, roll around and going to be the great truth seekers while they, you know, hobnob with, you know, some of the World Economic Forum people like Yul Noah Harari and stuff like that, right? So I don't trust him one bit. But anyway, so they can use those sources, go to them, say, oh, look at this, here, look at this crazy conspiracy theory. And they astroturf it, and they and, and they turn it into kind of a limited hangout that way too. Now you don't have to promote anybody or, or drop anything of someone that's outside of their that, that purview, outside of that circle or that sphere. Uh, and if you want anybody to to ask questions about anything that's going on, they can go to a you know controlled Pied Piper such as Russell Brand and look at his Rumble or YouTube videos, right? Anyway, let's check it out. Hi. Okay. This is Stephen Solomon, and he's one of WHO's lawyers. Stevens got a stellar track of working on international health agreements, including Influenza Pandemic Preparedness Framework, or Tobacco Control Treaty, and many more. Steven is best placed to explain the legalities of the Pandemic Accord. So, let's begin. Okay, Great. ready? Thanks. All right, here are some quotes for you to check out and tell our viewers what you think about it. Okay, thank you. The WHO are introducing a pandemic treaty that will mean they'll be able to take your tax dollars without listening to your opinion or giving you the chance to vote on it. Is that democracy? Okay, this is this is interesting. Thank you. So this is Russell Brand, who I like and whose videos I watch. <clears throat> See? <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> Talk about absolute drift. You got, just got the endorsement of uh, one of the World Economic... Uh, sorry, the World Health Organization's 
uh, top l lawyers there. Russell, huh? Total fake. So there's no, there's no taxation in the treaty. Um, the WHO is an international, intergovernmental organization. It doesn't tax only. Well, yes, but here we go with the hair splitting, right? So he's not, he's not wrong. Look, 88% comes from Bill Gates, whatever. But if the, if the country gives you a certain percentage of GDP, voluntary uh, assessed contributions, what was the term they used again? What do you think that's money coming from? Obviously, it's, pe it's people's taxes in those countries. So this is his dumb, hair-splitting, goddamn arguments. Only countries have the power to tax. But I think it's also important to say, and Russell Brand makes a very important point here, the question is, who decides? He often asks that question. In this well, you guys do. This is not rocket science. case, it is countries that will decide. So no. the treaty aims to do... No, the, what happened <clears throat> during the pandemic was that countries were seeking an external authority to listen to, and the World Health Organization became the pre preeminent authority. It wasn't all the countries that got together and said, hmm, we should do, I, we, let's vote over who gets to say what, you know, here, and let's then kind of compromise and make a unified um, plan, uh, set of rules or a protocol that, that we should, you know, that the World Health Organization recommends that countries follow. That's not what happened. Okay. Three things, better preparedness for pandemics, better prevention of pandemics from starting in the first place. And yeah, when, obey, obey us, do whatever we tell you to do. And they hit a better, fairer public health response. Well, to, it, for number one, it wasn't good. It wasn't fair. It was retarded and it was all backwards. And you uh, advocated for the first time in wor what world history, essentially, of quarantining uh, the healthy people, as opposed to quarantining those who are, you know, sick and vulnerable and immunocompromised and all that stuff. It's literally the most retarded thing that's ever has happened. But it was not because it was not about that. It was about control. It's about setting a president. It was about going in a direction that now they know we can wheel out a thing in the media and people will respond and the majority will comply. And that's why mask mandates are coming back. That's why vaccinations are coming back. And eventually it's going to go from recommendations to you must do this to comply or like to, to be in compliance. And if you're not, we're going to come arrest you. How many videos did we play during the pandemic? Like fucking cops wrestling and strangling like 12 year old girls that didn't want to have their, their mask on. Utterly insane. And it's groups like this that are partially responsible, I mean, largely responsible. Those pandemics, and at the same time, making sure that countries which are in the driver's seat and are in the driver's seat for writing it, remain in the driver's seat. No, this new pandemic treaty is, is, is horrendous. It, it, it seeks to, to take so much power under the guise of keeping you safe. Because that's always how it comes, right? Listen to us or you're going to die. Climate change happens in this way. The pandemic happened in this way. It's always the same MO, always the same standard procedure. Receipt for all of those things. Okay, next video. They want to give themselves surveillance power, determine treatments, vaccine mandates, vaccine distribution, vaccine intellectual property and profits, and they want to redistribute basically everything in the name of pandemics. So first of all, surveillance power. The treaty won't 
give surveillance power to WHO. What it would do, the treaty hopes to do, is to make surveillance, public health surveillance, faster, better, more reliable. Also, the treaty isn't going to give WHO power to uh, dictate vaccine mandates. The treaty won't give WHO as an organization, as a staff, the power to dictate anything. And it's important because WHO provides an independent voice independent of any particular country, independent of, course, of any particular... Yes, as, we as we just saw, with 88% funding from the Bill Gates, it's, it, guys, trust me, it's super independent, and we're just, we're just, we're just recommending it. Hey, can you, just, uh, can you just lock down and push the vax for, for a bit here? Uh, Bill wanted to make a few more billions, okay? ...interest group. And so recommendations from us, which are based on science and evidence, or for countries, a tool. Of course, show me a, a, what was it? Show me a isolated SARS-CoV-2 particle that's not been excreted from a cell. Can you, can you do that? No? Okay. If they want to use it to help their response. But the fact is, is that this rhetoric around we want a cohesive global response, that's all well and good, but you have to ensure- No, it's not, Russell. Sure ...that those kind of ideas aren't- We don't need shit. ...subject to potential corruption. So what you, Russell need, Brand... what you need is basically, <clears throat> what you need is uh, just a proposal, a little proposal here, but I don't know, it could work. It might not always work, of course, because you still have people crazy enough to think they can get away with it, but Maybe if we just had some, I don't know, some large, I don't know, some gallows or something like that. We'll, you know, we'll have a fair trial first, but anybody that takes part in pushing this, right, for for corruption purposes or for for personal financial gain, such as the vaccine thing, rollout, um, gets punished. What if uh, what if people that are working on bioweapons in the way that they have? What if we get? What if we do an international drive to get all of these people uh, held accountable? Uh, f even if it's not leaked yet, pass laws and say that's it. We're not doing any bioweapon, um, you know, experimentation anywhere or development or even research. Let's just stop all of it, and let's not create things that they then goes around. Well, this could mute. This could potentially mutate. So we're going to go deep into this cave that no one no humans ever go to take you know bat shit and extract some little molecule from that start you know meddling with it supposedly even if this is how it works and then make it more transmissible to humans and more infectious to humans it spreads faster and then we'll develop a vaccine against that maybe you should pass laws that says you can't do that and if you do that it's it's off to the catapult with you Maybe that's what we should have, do it publicly. Maybe that will deter at least a lot of the ma maniacs. Maybe that would be the best way about this. Anyway, I digress here. Uh, it's it's sickening. It's always the same. Always the sh same shit. Anyway, I wanted to cover Canada a little bit. I saw we had, uh, what do we have here? Canby uh, Dread. Is it Dread? Yeah, Dread, right? Canby Dread. Hello from Communist Canada. Just wanted to support. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Thanks for watching, Kemby Dread. Uh, we're going to talk about Canada here next. We had some fascinating developments, just like <laughs> just like in Sweden, and apparently it happened in Germany too. There's so many Eritreans now in many of our countries that when they have some kind of festival, and some of them apparently are like pro 
the current regime in their country, in Eritrea. Uh, those who are not pro the regime shows up and uh, tries to kill a number of them. So that happened recently in Sweden. We covered that. That happened in Canada now as well. Police call Saturday clashes between Eritrean groups unprecedented. About a dozen people were hurt at an Eritrean-themed event in Edmonton on Saturday during a clash with a group who said they were protesting the Eritrean government. Edmonton Police Service monitored the group of protests all day as they moved across the city in the shadow of the festival, sometimes in riot gear while controlling the crowds. Police read more than once what's colloquially known as the Riot Act. Uh, Lambros Karakias, the chairman of the Coalition of Eritrean-Canadian Communities and Organizations, said he helped organize the annual Eritrean Community Festival that draws people from across Western Canada. We always gather 40 years. Uh, we've always gathered 40 years peacefully. This year, no, we have a challenge, he told CTV News Edmonton after uh, afternoon uh, at Roslyn School as police cleared out the remaining crowd. He said the protester attacked some in the festival crowd with sticks. Fewer people were hit. He said he claimed any violence by festival attendees was self-defense. Is there a video of this here? Yeah, police responds in riot gear and stuff. Huge shit show. And others are saying these people can't behave themselves in any country that they go to, including their own. Uh, but isn't it better that these people go and, uh, and deal with these problems in their own country? I haven't seen this video. Let's check it out and see what happens here. It's like every, every, every single time the same thing happens. And what time can we just say, look, if you're so goddamn concerned about Eritreans' internal affairs, maybe you should not be in Canada or Sweden or Germany or whatever else you're housed in. Maybe you should go back to Eritrea and fight for your country there. These are calling it an unprecedented event. A disputed cultural event that turned into a clash within Edmonton's Eritrean community spilled over from Saturday afternoon into a second incident last night. Police in riot gear were once again called out to break up a massive crowd. David Awasik reports... So a second time. It was the first time. This, this happened the day prior. Expect ...to see it again. Kids played soccer in the background as opposing adults struck each other, some of them with sticks, <laughs> causing injuries at two North Edmonton locations Saturday morning. It was claimed to be a celebration of Eritrean culture, but ended up seeing two sides blaming the other for violence. That side, they start to hit us, and we are defend ourselves. They came with their goal and hit people, broke cars, terrorized children. The Edmonton Police Service had prior knowledge that the Saturday morning events were happening and could see two sides clash, as has happened in other cities. Public safety officers trained to deal with riots were joined by members of the EPS tactical unit to restore order. Um, we did bring extra resources in and anticipated that there could be conflict between two groups uh, in the festival, which unfortunately did occur today. Then a loud crowd gathered again, this time in the city's southwest in anticipation of another early evening event inside a banquet hall. The Edmonton Police Service confirming that twice in one day the riot act was read out to participants to give fair warning before police moved in on them. I would say today's event in Edmonton was an unprecedented event. Uh, this is very uh, unusual to occur. Well, hang on, Canada, because it's going to happen again if you don't deal with this problem. In our city, um, we do have a safe community. 
community. There was evidence of rocks and bricks and smashed windows of both the building and nearby vehicles. It wasn't the entire festival, it was just a few people in conflict with each other. And, and just to be clear, it wasn't a conflict with police, it was two groups in conflict with each other and the police were there to stand by and try to maintain public order. It's Eritreans against Eritreans in our countries. How many times have we showed footage of that? Like. Armenians and uh, you know Azerbaijan's fight on our streets, or uh, Turks and Kurds, or whatever the hell it is. Like w our police is now expected to spend resources on keeping the peace between these goddamn people that, if they can't goddamn behave themselves, should be sent right back home. How is this so hard? How is this so difficult? This is the only direction which things needs to go. You don't you don't like it? You don't behave? Back you go, okay? They need to go back, all of them. Some who oppose the festival claimed it supports the government of Eritrea, a government that human rights groups have called one of the most oppressive regimes in the world. Organizers said it was simply an event to celebrate culture, friendship, and patriotism. The city said, in the interest of public safety, it pulled the permit for the event that was supposed to continue Sunday. Police yeah. believe as many as 11 people were injured. No arrests have been made. David Wasik. Yeah, so you can see, of course, how this is causing problems, obviously, uh, in our communities, in our countries. Um, it's causing division. Uh, it's causing problems. And I kind of want to frame this a little bit because I'm going to get into that clip with um, Oliver Anthony here a little bit of, of him praising diversity and all that stuff <laughs> because it's just so dumb, right? But it, it, and keep in mind, this is as, you know, taxes to, to be able to you know, pay for this little, you know, party here, whatever you want to call it, this little uh, insane experiment that's ongoing. The taxes are just skyrocketing uh, in, in Canada. I'm not countless of videos now that's going around. I think most, most are venting on like TikTok and, and platforms like that, which is basically how they can't afford anything, right? So, so as, you know, think about it, as India is sending like, you know, rockets to, to the moon, and allegedly, you know, landing on the moon with probes and shit like that, or landers, we have to we have to import a large segment. Not the I mean, obviously not the majority, but a large segment of these populations are coming to Western countries now. A drain on our financial systems. We have no, you know, not that that's the prim primary thing to have space exploration, but we're just making that as a point. That's kind of like that's always shown. That's always been demonstrated to be like, okay, well, at least, you know, at least we have that, right? It's something that collectively that the society or their people are pushing for. It's kind of like, okay, we've, we've kind of made it, right? We've sorted out a lot of issues. Now we can, like, get to the good stuff. Now we can, like, explore space. Like, okay, good. All that's basically being scaled back. And now if there is any of that, then it's like, oh, there's too many white men at the, at the helms or the controls at NASA. We have to, you know, replace them, essentially. That's what the discussion is now. But anyway, look at the graph here. Alex, uh, the fairman, share, shared this on his Telegram. Uh, and, you know, food, shelter, all that's bad, too. It's also gone up over the last few decades. But tax, look at taxes. It's insane. Absolutely insane. And so people are making videos like this. Let me let me play this one here. Check this out. There's a Canadian's struggling right now. It's so common overall. Inflation for housing and food has been... Uh, way ahead of wage growth over the past few years. Huge numbers of people say there's no way out for them now. I can't afford anything. I can't do anything. 
have no way to get ahead anymore. So what's the point in any of it? I'm not okay. So many of us are not okay. So it's just one one video. I saw some compilations going around of that. By the way, tons of these people are just like there's, there's no what no way out, and yet we're expected to just bring in more and more people. And what's what's to do? Oh, they did they remove that? Nope, there it is. It's working now. Um, what's the solution? Oh, okay, you guys can't see that. Let me switch over here. What's the solution to the housing shortage right now? Well, of course, it's to bring in. Even more immigrants, of course. That's gonna that's gonna fix the issue. Trudeau says immigration is a solution to housing shortage. <sighs> Let me see, was it Archie? Yeah, Archie said on Odyssey in the 1970s and 80s, Winnipeg had pro and anti. Macros clashes. Oh, Mar Marcos. That's right. Yeah, Marcos of the Philippines. Yeah, Marcos clashes between factions of Filipinos. Peter Nygaard imported that. Oh, did he really now? I'd love to see his uh, his hand in that because, <clears throat> of course, he's the um, he's the <clears throat> the fan of uh, scatology. The right term. Uh, who's he? He loves having uh, non-white women poop in his mouth. Apparently, uh, he's his fascial mogul. And uh, he's basically like Canada's Epstein. Uh, I think there's underage girls involved. I don't think it as maybe as many, but it 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 certainly is that he's being held. I think in a Canadian prison right now. And it, all this weird, disgusting, like you know, gene uh, you know longevity research, and he wanted to sell gene therapies, and he wanted to buy uh, you know aborted fetuses from from women, and especially from black women and stuff like that. We played the clips in, a few times. Absolutely disgusting piece of filth, uh, Peter Nygaard, or Nygaard, as we would say. In the 1980s and 1990s, clans of Sikhs in Vancouver were assassinating each other. Multiculturalism never ends. Diversity is, creates uh, uh, employment and um, uh, creates employment and lower unemployment, maybe, and lowers freedom. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, unemployment in the sense that they take, you know, if if they do work, even because it's always that, right? Oh, it's a net positive. I, I guess that's like the the, the take here from a, a Trudeau as well. It's, it's always that. Well, that will spur us to build more uh, houses. You know, well these people are going to need loans and cars, and they need to live somewhere, and they're going to need to buy food and toys for all their kids they're having. So that will that will boost the economy, right? And then we can then we get more taxes from them also. Although they're on welfare, many of them, but you know they'll, they'll level out somehow. If you haven't figured it out yet, they uh, really don't care about you. Thank you, Archie. I appreciate that. Uh, it's it's an incredible time to live through when it's just so blatant and so in your face of how much they hate us and how much they want us gone. So I wanted to play. We'll end with this here, but you know, because in the thumbnail we had Oliver Anthony there too, and I want to lead in the the subject here with. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's good on some issues. As I said, I, I like that he's running. It's kind of funny to see the Democrats squirm over this or whatever. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, a lot of these people, whether it's you know a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or a Oliver Anthony, who I'd assume is like associated with like 
the MAGA movement or whatever, they still always push this issue of like unification, right? Or like they're trying to divide us. And today that's that's true. They are trying to do that, but they have already divided us, right? They, they, they divided us when they broke up the homogeneity of our countries. That's how they divided us. They divided us into smaller uh, racial factions. And of course, it's not easy to unify with people who hate you and are abusing you, uh, are doing gang rapes against your daughters and mothers and grandmothers, or beating you up because you're white. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Here's Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s message. Listen to this here. Our country is being ransacked right now, and the people who are ransacking it, their best interest is to have us all fighting each other, with blacks fighting whites and Republicans and Democrats, because then we're not keeping an eye on what's happening in Washington, D.C. Our internal polling shows, you know, even better. And some of the public polls have shown it feels good because it validates uh, what we thought was out there, which is that there is an appetite uh, for somebody to be out there telling the truth rather than uttering the, the inside the beltway palliatives that, you know, people are so tired of today. We're seeing this kind of populist movement building from the left and the right of people who are tired of uh, the uniparty. Everybody is decrying the polarization that we have. But if you want to end the polarization, you actually have to do something. And that usually means talking to people that you don't agree with on every issue. If we're not speaking to each other, how are we going to persuade each other? If there's this kind of tribal divide where you get canceled for speaking to somebody who the other side considers deplorable. My uncle, Ted Kennedy, has his name on more pieces of legislation than any senator in the United States history. The way he did that was by reaching across the aisle. So many people have been betrayed by their leaders so often, and the system is so obviously rigged that people have retreated into a kind of cynicism where they don't believe anything anymore. I get it. Um, you know, all I can say is I'm going to try my hardest to give you back the America that was taken from you. All right. So, uh, you know, well, that's that's nice. Well, that, that's sweet, you know, kind of thing. And uh, OK, but but is it but is it reality? Right. That's the big question, because in the beginning there he's talking about that. Right. Whites fighting blacks and everyone fighting whites and what <laughs> Uh, well, he doesn't say that, but that's bas- that's basically what it is, right? Yeah, Republicans versus Democrats. Yeah, I guess that's true from a political point of view, right? But but is it feasible? That's that's a big question, right? Now, when they have divided us, they've already divided us, and that divides people internally as well. As they divide us, that divides people even more, right? So they, now there's fights among whites about immigration, about liberal values, about open borders, about who's responsible, you know, all those kinds of things. And And while it's true... That we cannot, therefore, then look at the people that have done this to us because we're too busy surviving and defending ourselves. While that's true, is it realistic? There is with the Israeli flag down bottom left there, by the way, too. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. It was a good comment by uh, Alex again on the on Telegram. You know, they want us fighting each other. And said, well, from what I've seen... The surveillance video is brutal. There is only one group doing the fighting. Start right? punching a man then jumping on him, 
stripping off his pants and stealing from his pockets, throwing a potted plant on him, then running him over with a bicycle. I don't think I have... We just need to unify, guys. I saw a target field. Ken Sherman, owner of Seven Steakhouse and Sushi on Hennepin Avenue, has long been a critic of the amount of crime-fighting resources spent downtown. He thinks these videos recorded in August, while shocking, are important for the public to see. I think but this is around like 2020. Thing, but the level of viciousness goes far beyond anything I think any of us who are civil people imagine. A second video given to CARE 11 this week shows a group surrounding a man at 5th and Hennepin, snatching his cell phone, then beating him senseless. And Sherman is now releasing yet another video recorded in July of the same thing happening to two men in that same area. Police yeah. recently arrested 16 people allegedly involved in these incidents. There you go. So that police. There you go. They're, they're trying to divide us, right? There's the there's the conservative response right there. Well, folks, I got some news for you. There's only a there's only one side doing the fighting. Recently arrested. <clears throat> at least at this point, you don't see whites going out like this, fighting everybody on the streets, trying to kill other people, shoot them dead, <laughs> right? Here's some here's some couple of samples from Europe because of course the same thing is happening there as it is in America, right? Here's here's a couple of Arabs going after German German guys. Just for the just for the hell of it, just for the fun of it. No reason given. Here's another video. Um white Belgian schoolgirl. Oh, they're trying to divide us, folks. Yeah, no, they have divided us already. We're already divided. They hate us and they want us dead. Okay? They attack us. And of course, to go back to John F. Kennedy Jr.'s uh, line there, uh, he mentioned, was it the... Allegedly involved. I'm sorry, let me lower that. Uh, he said, inside the Beltway palliatives, right? He mentioned the, the palliatives from the Beltway. Well, that's white people bad, and diversity is our greatest strength. strength. That's, the, that's the Beltway line. It's a constant cry for unification by the establishment, despite this kind of stuff, despite us being under attack. Here's a, a Finnish girl being attacked by Muslim uh, migrants, having to f be forced to beg on her knees. Look at this. Yeah, there you go. So there's a couple of samples of that for you, right? And I'm just showing you that to, you know, to underline the point that it's like, well, this is what has happened when they divided us in our countries. And white people have not quite yet kind of caught on to this, quite not have figured out like how bad this is and how and, and it's getting worse and worse all the time. Our kids are being targeted. Our women and children are being targeted. The elderly are being targeted. And so to repeat these slogans of like, well, just as if we can just come together, well, that's impossible to do with people that hate you and want to beat you up and hate you because you're white of European descent. So anyway, that's what we got from uh, Anthony, uh, sorry, Oliver Anthony. What was it? The people said his name was Chris or something. Regurgitating Beltway palliatives, despite the fact that, of course, his song uh, rich men north of Richmond 
was supposedly a critique against these very things. Listen. We've got to go back to the roots of what made this country great in the first place, which was our sense of community and our, I mean, we are the melting pot of the world and that, that's what makes us strong is our diversity and we need to learn to harness that and appreciate it. And, and so, <laughs> so here's, here's the DC elites uh, right back to one of those corrupt ones right now, right? Joe Biden. Uh, here's what he has to say about diversity and the melting pot. An unrelenting stream of immigration. You've heard this clip. Non-stop. Before. But it's worth playing Non-stop. again. Non-stop. Folks like me who are Caucasian of European descent will be in an absolute minority in the United States of America. It's going to be great. Absolute minority. Stop, di- stop trying Fewer to divide us. 50% of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. Yes, that's, a, that's a source of our strength. No, it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. That's right. Yeah. We're the melting pot of the world. It's what makes us strong in our diversity. If anybody was holding out for this guy with this uh, song, here's a good, here's a guy that gets it. It's, you know, even, man, he, he, on his playlist, he had like dancing Israelis videos favorited and stuff on YouTube. So, you know, he, he, this guy gets it. Uh, No, I'm sorry. He, uh, someone updated the video and they, They gave him the dildo, folks. I mean, we are the melting pot of the world, and that, that's what makes us strong is our diversity, and we need to learn to harness that and appreciate it and not use it as a political tool to, to keep everyone separate from each other, you know? <laughs> I like that. I wanna, We've got thanks to go for, back to the- Thanks for making that, whoever made that. That's, uh, that's good stuff right there. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> I mean, we are the melting pot that, of the world, and that, that's what makes us strong is our diversity, and we need to learn to harness <laughs> that and appreciate it and not use it as a political tool to, to keep everyone separate from each other. You know? That's right. we gotta come. We got to unite. we got to come together because that's not what the elites are. Pre- they're, ne- they're never pushing that we need to unify. Definitely not. Now, no, they definitely want to. They're not pushing uh, mixing out and white erasure and media and things like that, right? Uh, no, no, no. Of course, no. The melting pot. It's a. It's a standard. Uh, you know, kind of American, good old American value, right? Uh, Israel Zangwill, who, who wrote a play about this in the UK, mind you, uh, in the UK was first, uh, uh, you know, made, and then it was brought, he was brought over to the, to, to the US uh, to, to promote the melting pot in 1908. Ay, ay, ay. So that's that's what we're getting. That's that's the melting pot, folks. And of course, meanwhile, did I bring that in? Oh no, I didn't. I got to bring that in. Was it the U.S. border right now? Is like wide, literally wide open. They've welded it open. Even New York Post covered this. Floodgates are open, literally. The Post watches hundreds of illegal migrants cross through the borders of the U.S. to the south as they've been welded open. <laughs> Diversity is our great. They're trying to divide us. Diversity is our greatest strength. Keep attacking those white people and white kids and women and gang rape them and go after them and form criminal gangs and take uh, be a drain on their tax money as white people can't afford anything. See how that makes sense? Do not take the dildo, folks. Do not take the diversity dildo. Don't shove it in your face in the same way that you shouldn't put on your mask. Don't delude yourself. These messages. I mean, he has a real chance. He has a chance here, right? He has a he has a he has a platform. All of a sudden, you know, overnight success. This song is great. Oh, he's, he's criticizing the Beltway DC elites, and then he goes and reiterates the same same goddamn point like they do. He had a real chance of just like saying something about it. You know what? These goddamn bastards. They hate us. They want us replaced. Uh, they want to vaccinate us. They want us gone. They're attacking 
white people in this country. Uh, they're doing it all over all over the West. They're attacking whites right now. Can we get one? No, it's always some astroturfed, goddamn controlled, um, you know, limited hangout uh, person that that shows up, and and then they reiterate the same goddamn points that the establishment have repeated for decades now. It, it's just oh my god, it's ah, it's tire, it's a tiresome. You know, uh, actually, um, actually, Charlie Kirk said this today on uh, X. He said, whiteness is great. Be proud of who you are. And I think, obviously, I get what he's going for. But I wish he would just replace whiteness, which is a anti-white leftist construct, to talk about something which they claim is not associated with race. But of course it is. We know it is. But it's they just made that up, right? Whiteness. What, what do you mean? It's people of European descent. But we understand what they mean when they say what. But he said, white people are great. Or being white is great. Be proud of who you are. That's, that's my only critique. I'm glad he's saying it. But remember how all these people were criticizing and going after people who said those kinds of things just two, three, four years ago? So they should, their feet needs to be hold, held to the fire. Ultimately, I don't care who's saying it as long as it's being said. But they also need responsibility. Can't back off of these individuals. They need to be continued to be pushed. They need to be pushed to the inevitable position that we need to restore our countries, we need to restore order, we need to get these people out of our countries that cannot obey our laws, who don't respect us, who hate us, who hate our kids, who are going after us, who are criminals, who form criminal criminal gangs, etc., etc. We can go down the whole list. Let's begin with those individuals and let's restore order. That's what these people need to push. Repatriation, remigration, they have to go back. That's where this needs to go. And if we keep pushing, it will. And then you get kind of the cocky, all colors are great, it says Christians for Vivek. And then Charlie Kerr says, yep. And it's fine, you can think so. But again, just, sure, that's great, but I'm white, so I'm proud of being white. <laughs> can, you just, can you just step up to that plate and take your own side? It doesn't mean, you, because, you know, the Pricom was, oh, racist, someone said that, racist, right? And he just said, yawn, you know what I mean? Which is the correct response. You know, it's like, all right, well, whatever, who cares? You know what I mean? So go all the way, go all the way, Charlie Kirk. But then, I, you know, but then annoyingly now that, you know, the uh, Matt Walsh or a Charlie Kirk will be some kind of spokesperson for white people all of a sudden, when they were against all that, all that time, white identity. But that's why I don't trust him. Because they all are like, oh my God, Oliver Anthony's so great, and yet they're just trying to divide us, folks. Man, if we if we just if we just could stop them from dividing us, and just turn back to MLK and get into the melting pot, would all be it'll be great again. It's these demo demo KKK rats that are trying to divide us. No, I'm not buying that. It doesn't mean you have to hate other people for them not uh, being sharing your ethnic heritage or your of your same race. Uh, you don't have to hate people for that. That's equally retarded, obviously, just for the sake of it. But it doesn't mean you have to be forced together with these people or that the entire establishment around you is, is coercive, uh, subversive. Uh, vicious in its propaganda aimed against our children to thinking that like being white is bad and the only remedy, the only 
absolution to your sin of being white is to mix out or not have children or these kinds of things because it's affecting our group. It's it's causing a decline among our people. You know what I mean? That needs to be singled out. All right. I think you get the point. Uh, okay. I think that's it for to today, ladies and gentlemen. Oh no, let me show this. A little positive message here. So here's some uh, <clears throat> here's some people in. Here's an Italian uh, who takes matters into his own hands and um, all of a sudden decides to uh, push back against a North African who is uh, harassing young girls and women on uh, the subway somewhere in Italy. Subtitle, second row in the bottom, subtitle. What's the American accent there? Tourist? Right. You got a little whiny there, huh? After being, uh, after being, uh, set the record straight. Oh boy. Yeah, I mean, again, don't, don't, don't initiate. You don't have to initiate violence. You know, behave. But if these people make a first move, if they attack uh, our folk, defend yourself. Learn to defend yourself, uh, and push back. Push back against them. Uh, in Greece, check this out. Uh, you know, obey the law. You know, all those things. <clears throat> we can't. Uh, we're not arguing any illegal activities here. But if they go after you. Defend yourself and defend the people around you. And look, I know, and that's why they did that thing in New York, right? Reminded me of that, the subway. Uh, Daniel, uh, oh, what was his last name again? Man, I should remember this. P something, wasn't it? P, Daniel P. Chat, do you have it? Who was uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, stepped in, right, to, to stop a person who, who was obviously insane. <laughs> Just like, went after all the people on the subway. He steps in with, uh, by the way, a couple of other non-white people take him down, hold him in a chokehold, eventually he passes out, he dies, and of course now he's being arrested. David, D Daniel Pags, what was it? A very short P name, I think. Anyway, here's Gree. So they're, they're trying to set that standard, but don't let that scare you. As long as there's you know video, you can set the record state. This person attacked people. He attacked me. He pushed me. He, he you know made offenses against me first. I'm defending myself. I thought my, my life is in danger. This person's going to attack me. You know what I mean? Penny, that's right. Daniel, Daniel Penny, thanks. Uh, Diogenes. Uh, Greece. Greeks take matters into their hands and arrest migrants. While Greek authorities are too busy with the wildfires, migrants and migrant smugglers are flooding into the country. Greek citizens are arresting any migrants 
that they come across. I think something would document, undocumented or something is that? I'm not sure what he said. That's right. Citizens arrest. They're illegal in this country. We're, uh, t- we're shipping them off to the border and we're pushing them back to where they come, came from. Uh, so, yeah, that's happening in uh, Greece as things are deteriorating uh, on the front of, uh, you know, law enforcement, security forces and keeping the border safe and stuff. And I suspect, I assume that you'll see more of these kinds of things, to be honest, moving ahead. And we're all doing our part to try to help to awaken our folk, to help to awaken our people to these new realities that are setting in. And you, it's, it's not a world like it used to be just uh, 10, 20, certainly not 30 years ago. Very different, very, very different world uh, today out there. You can barely, you know, let your kids bike on their own somewhere. You know what I mean? Wherever you are in the West, it's it's sad. These are sad realities right now. And we need to go back to a better time. We need to restore order. We're, we, ha- we had strong men creating uh, weak, uh, good good, uh, good times. And, of course, the consequence of that is, is weak men. But now we have bad or hard times, rather. And we're just at the cusp of that creating hard time, hard men right now to restore that order. That's where I think we are. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up right there. Thank you so much again to everybody joining us today. We had one here from uh, Sweet Nervar. Nervar, I think it is. I've heard that name, Nervar. Is that a a movie, a book or something? Anyway, Goy Slop Fund Sacrifice. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's kind of you. All right. Yeah, we're going to wrap up right there. So that's some encouraging footage I'm leaving you with that uh, if <clears throat> the people in charge fails you, then uh, maybe it's up to us to do something about it, hey? All right. Anyway, please join us at redassmembers.com. We just got a uh, the latest Western Warrior linked up. We're doing a little bit of a uh, preview here a little bit later if you want to get a little bit of a sample. But uh, check out the latest it was a little bit in the beginning of the wildfires and stuff like that but we covered plenty of other stuff as well uh utter fascism hysteria over ukraine and russia which is kind of fun to watch to be honest because it's just so absurd uh how both sides are are you know are nazifying the other side it's cr- kind of cringe and gay but anyway everyone's uh, favorite Jakub yurovsky went to ukraine uh, to lecture them on fascism, and we talked about that, m- among many other things, by the way. Good show. So check that out, redicemembers.com. You can also sign up over at Odyssey or Subscribestar. Thank you to everyone joining us at Odyssey, who are members, by the way. Uh, we do have our interview with uh, Gemma or Dorothy coming up as well. You might or you might not enjoy that, but uh, that's coming up next. That's going to go up tomorrow. Uh, we have uh, another 314 coming up as well in regards to the situation in uh, in Ireland. We're going to get Stephen McNallan on to talk about his book, The Spear, on some of the native European spirituality. Uh, if you want to support us a little bit extra, you can get a plus dono tier when you get a membership. It's only 10 bucks a month, but you can sign up for a longer payment, like a one-time payment, and sign up for a longer subscription. Uh, we have all the way from three months up to two years, and it gets cheaper the longer you take. And you can get a plus tier if you want, have it month to month recurring. Uh, you can also get a executive producer tier or producer tier. Uh, we're looking to expand our base on that front as well right now. So if you want to step up to the plate, get a shout out at the end of the show. If you want a little bit more uh, 
uh, if you want our ear a little bit more in terms of guests that you'd like to have us reach out to and invite, or if you want us to cover certain topics and stuff like that, uh, we love to hear from you as an executive producer. By the way, if you signed up for any of these tiers recently and you're not on the list, reach out to us, redice at, red at protomail.com. Uh, let us know where you sign up, what your username is, and we'll get you in the rotation as well. So with that, thank you so much to our executive producers today. T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeeves, President Ubunga, Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom, The Second Wanderer, Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, Francis Parker Yaki, Dill Bob. We also have Last Place Simp, Joseph Hart, and Purple Haze. Also, thanks to our producers, Mr. Walker696, Johansson Lior Dumont, Snork Pop, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemry, Yuri New, Obadiah Hakeswill, Perfect Brute, and Single Action Army. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate all of you. Let me do one more round, make sure we're caught up on the super chats. I think we are. All right, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Enjoy our interview with uh, Gemma O'Dorothy. And then we'll be back Friday, as usual, with Flashback Friday. Thank you, everybody. Stay positive. Stay white-pilled. Keep fighting. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at subscribestar.com forward slash red eyes. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.